Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is your host, Light Light Finger Thief, and today I'm joined by Logar. Hello, I am Logar the Barbarian. So, Logar, it seems like that we're in this desert plain. It's really hot, and I see a bunch of loincloth, leather, leather-clad, uh, like gladiators coming towards us. What, it's Mad what are Max. we gonna do? It's Mad Max. <laughs> it's fantasy Mad Max. In 1991, TSR came out with one of its settings with many different realms that they were doing throughout second edition. They, they really leaned into putting out these box sets and supplements and adventures in different settings. And 91 was dark sun. And we've been looking at these dragon magazines every week. If you haven't noticed <laughs> and today, we're going to look at dragon mag number 173, which was kind of dragon mags introduction to dark sun. And there were three specific articles in there. We were going to look at. So Dark Sun, so Dark Sun is a standalone setting. Yeah, it's its own little setting, its own realm within the thing of thing, the, the overall scheme of things. If you want to go back and listen to some of the planar episodes we've done in the past, uh, Planar Compass came on. And we talked about running planar campaigns. This is one of the many different planes you could have ran for AD&D. The Burned World Athas, A-T-H-A-S. Athas. Now, there were some signature things about Athos, like steel and metals and stuff were not readily available. So your weapons were, were not as powerful and your your armor was never like full plate and stuff like that there. It was like the, what, the Bronze Age, essentially? Yeah. Now, they also change up how they have all the different races and what are available. And one thing we talked about is how some of the races started popping up in this era and they were very setting specific and dark sun had a lot of very specific variations on races and individual races that were unique to it. Now was I, was psionic something new to fire dark sun as well too. Well, psionics was in the original advanced dungeons and dragons players handbook. So it's not new, but they really leaned into the use of the psionics handbook that came out for second edition. And it really leaned into, to kind of expanding psionics as a major thing more so than I think feel the magic was, it was supposed to be more of a psionic heavy world. It seems than a magic heavy world. Right now, the first article in this dragon mag from 1991, when this came out, is the monstrous side of the Dark Sun world. And they give you like monster stats for all the different player races, essentially. And they tell you what's different about them. This is Dragon Magazine 173. Yep. September 1991. And we're on page. Well, it starts off on page. Oh, shoot. Uh, 11 is where the, the writing starts. But it's got a, some nice big old full color art there by Gerald. I do Brom. love Brom. Yep. Brom's an amazing artist. I have a lot of his art books as well. <laughs> Well, Brom was like kind of a in that first Dark Sun box. I'm pretty sure there was the person he was the person who was like they were leaning into his art for the look and style of Dark Sun. I've got the box. I grabbed the box before we started recording to bring over here, but it's such a pain in the butt, so big to open it. I'm scared I'm going to break the box messing with it. I opened it and realized I have a reprint of the box inside the box with the original stuff as well. <laughs> well, those dry well, RPG reprints has been sitting in there for a while. Let's look at the reprint. And that way you don't damage your box. But anyway, so Brahm had done a lot of the artwork and inspiration for this setting. Yeah. And, and, and you were saying that there's a lot of different new takes on character races and such. Yeah. Well, like first there's the Athasian, I guess. It's Athas, Athas, Athasian, Athasian, the Athasian, the Athasian dwarf from Athens. Athasian dwarf. <laughs> I think the, the dwarf from Athens. What? Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're real sturdy, but but like... They they take obvious differences from your classic Tolkien, like the 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 
the Athos dwarf has no hair. No hair, and, and dwarves bald. are always defined as, yeah, they're bald. Uh, I don't no think beard. They even get, do they even get eyebrows, maybe? <laughs> Doesn't look like it in the in, in the drawing we have here. Yeah, so they're starting off by saying, okay, there's a different flavor to all these different races. You get a dwarf, but it's not really what you'd expect a dwarf to be in other places. The cultures are different and everything else. Uh, that So the first one they give you right off the bat is the dwarf. And psionics are more common here. So it talks about the psionics and it always varies. I think something like a quarter of most characters or creatures have psionics, I think is what it ends up being. But I'm not sure it doesn't really go too much into depth on getting psionics for your characters. Because this isn't like the player's handbook or the box. This is kind of like, oh, here's some of the here's some things if you want to fight these style of of creature of, <laughs> yeah creatures races whatever you want to call them like these are but a lot of these are are what our player character classes or races i mean in the actual dark sun game but this not being the dark sun box just kind of an introduction to it they give like a bestiary and it starts off with the the athis dwarf and the half and giant the, uh, half giant which could be a psionic as well too which is interesting yeah most of the races can be psionics uh, I think it's interesting to note a difference in the elves as well. Elves are very tall, but elves are very clannish and cliquish, according to this, throughout Athens. Like, even elves and other elves don't necessarily, like, like they know each other's different. They can see the different styles and the different cultural uh, cultural differences that exist there. And they're according to what they're saying is that on Athens, the elves themselves are not united in any way, except for united by their little tribes and whatnot. But then these elves, they say they stand anywhere from six and a half to seven and a half feet tall, which is a bit taller than I think traditional elves at seven and a half feet. Well, yeah, there's they're tall elves, not short elves. And that can vary from game to game and setting to setting. I've seen a variety of different approaches to elves that way, but they are far more like like nomadic, rugged, tribal, big, lanky warrior type creatures is the is what they kind of the vibe they kind of give off to me especially yeah. presented from this first kind of glimpse from dragon mag to it and there are half elves in this game but they don't have too much detail just have like one little paragraph at least in this writing on the yeah. half elves the uh the interesting things they they got you've got the halflings who are very cannibalistic <laughs> they see every other race as as food and they assume that every other race is is seeing them as food so they're not exactly your little hobbits eating a nice little you know bit of bread or and cheese and potatoes they're looking for you know you to nibble on <laughs> they're a little bit more wild but they are very planish and have a lot of racial unity as they do in the other universes. It's a little a little bit more savage. <laughs> so one thing that's interesting is, and, and this is going to bring up a, more discussion of, of race, and race has been brought up a million times, and, and it needs to be brought more, I think, discussed more. Because you have uh, species and race, correct? Yep. It, those are two different things. Like a, like, a, like a cat and dog are two different species. Right. So it's often been bantered, like, like, are these different species? Well, how can I tell? How can I know? Well, if you're going to be able to reproduce with the other like species or race, then it's probably not a different species because you can reproduce with it. So you're probably correct the same species. So that kind of answers the question. The next character is the mole, the half dwarf, the half dwarf, which yeah. I think is unique to the setting because in other settings, we don't have half dwarfs. Yeah. So we get the half dwarf here and, and they lean in like, like slavery and stuff like that. Slave pits is big in the setting. And here it is. You have this, 
what's interesting is that we have this half dwarf so we're addressing the race issue like half half uh half dwarf i believe it is it specifically default to half human or is that uh, i believe it is and and it's very much like the culture of breeding and everything else is centered around slavery well you know this is a gladiatorial universe yes like gladiatorial slaves and stuff yeah gladiatorial saves exactly so, so like you have that element you got you got the slavery and the race right there in in the setting as a as a crux foundational it's, part of the whole it's entire built, setting. it's built into the setting yeah <laughs> you know? it is it's like it's, it's, it's right like there. part of the setting it's right there and uh they're saying that they have to wear the born sterile and can't reproduce themselves the mules, yeah mules they're called m-u-l is that mole or mule i always assumed it was mule like a mule is. i thought it was like a muse as well too but maybe they're moles i think they're mules the half dwarves are and the next thing that they're going to get into there is class-wise in this article is what probably what i feel is one of the most iconic races of dark sun in my mind over the years is the three cream and they're just like giant I guess uh, intelligent on creatures, <laughs> praying mantises or something like that. Psionic praying mantises. Well, their psionics are about as it's, they're about as psionic as most races because most races have access to psionics in Dark Sun. So, are the three kings similar to that Star Frontier race, the the Rusk or whatever it was, the big insect people in Star Frontiers? You know, I don't know a whole lot about Star Frontiers. I've never played it. I've seen it in the shops years ago, but I've never picked it up. And I've read very little into Star Frontiers. I'm I, I'm not the person to ask about that. I do know that the three cream I, I encountered way before I, you know what I'm saying, years ago, because we played Dark Sun. Christ, it's been it's been out for over 30 years. You know, I've been played Dark Sun for years. Right. Yeah. It reminds reminds me of the rusks, which are also an uh, insectoid type of uh yeah. species. Now uh, it lays those out. It, what it does is it just gives you like monster stats for the different races. And this is like its introduction to the setting. And the next article we have is a letter from the Wanderer, which is it goes into the undead in the Dark Sun, which I think is weird because it really focuses on necromancy. And the article talks about how it's an un a science that's under uh, what does it say? It's still under development. I would say it's a little bit a, a little so bit wild. It's and... not that explo- explored and fleshed out. Then why is it a big part of the world? And we're focusing on it. But I think what they're saying is that they're trying to make that differentiation of undead that's different from other worlds of undead. So this is another place they try to change the flavor of the game and the setting of Dark Sun is by changing their undead around. It's got some real good writing. I want to read a section here real quick. I have known necromancers to suffer the delusion that upon their passing, they themselves will suffer the terrible fate of undeath. Others believe that, save for themselves, the entire world is inhabited by undead distinguished as living beings for the sole purpose of misleading them. A few scholars of the romantic arts even become confused and mistake undeath for immortality and actually aspire to this condition upon their passing. And... It gives you, it talks about how some of the undead are intelligent. It talks about like spirits leaving and going into the, what they call the gray, which I'm assuming is, is just kind of the ethereal plane or something along that lines, but maybe something else. They kind of leave it up for interpretation as some people believe that the gray is like life leaving the body going into the gray. And it kind of talks about how undead, some of the undead, I guess, retain retain their their selves and whatnot in, in this so they're going to have motivation and not some of them might not even know they're undead but they try to change the approach to undead for dark sun now 
thinking back to Dark Sun games that I played, I don't remember a lot of undead stuff and a right. lot of lore about undead. So I don't know how much they focused on that in later on Dark Sun stuff. So I'm going to have to go back over that and see. I'm questioning why is undead like the big thing they decided to focus in on this, unless that was something they were laying into or something that they leaned into that I just paid less attention to. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Or maybe it was something that they just were experimenting with with this particular you know dragon article itself there's the i don't have the box open right now does the box is there a section in the book on the undead in dark sun the actual yeah that's what i'm looking through right now in terms of anything on i think in more detail about the undead or not yeah i i I don't remember being reading a whole lot about the undead until this um but but you don't i i you know there's it's been so many years since i've read them and i don't retain information that long all the time especially if it's not reality <laughs> and sometimes it gets mixed up in my head with other stuff and no i mean i mean you know a lot of the monsters that they have in the uh box that are more your traditional desert creature monsters you know, yeah to the uh, desert environment like dune or something like that not as much undead <laughs> they give a uh a, a new like list of monsters in this Dragon Mag episode or Dragon Mag issue. I always call them episodes because we're doing episodes. So it's advertising the Dark Sun box set, which was 20 bucks when it came out, and it's not going for nearly you know that low in this day and age. <laughs> but they also give you kind of a, a list in here. Where'd that go? There was a list of, of suggested monsters for your Dark Sun campaign of existing monsters from other monster manuals because. The monsters compendiums, like the loose leaf ones, I believe was one of the earliest things that came out for their monsters for Dark Sun specifically. And and that was not out yet. So they're kind of taking your monsters from the other things and they were making some adjustments to it, like adding um adding psionics. psionics. Yeah. Yeah. So at the very beginning of the article, they list out some of the recommended monsters that you can port in from different the ADD settings or Forgotten Realms or Dragonlance or Cover Tour or even Greyhawk. So they, they do have some recommendations of what could fit Grace in there. It seems like there's a lot of giant bug creatures they're, they're leaning. Yeah, into. I'm like seeing <laughs> beetles, insect swarms and 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 stuff, but they also have like genies and the freaks and cyclopses and such as well too. Yeah. And then the, the next, then they have one more article in here that focuses on kind of laying out and fleshing out the Dark Sun world. And that's random magic for organized minds. It gives uh, wizard spells, kind of takes them and gives you uh, some random charts to roll and find them, how common or uncommon they are and things like that. And it kind of takes the existing spells and says, well, these are the spells you'll probably be working with. So there's not, a, there is enough if you wanted to just take your, your party and existing party from AD and D at the time, and just try to dabble with a Dark Sun thing with this issue. You could. You have stats. You have references to the books. You have some fleshed out ideas. You could have ran a Dark Sun game, but really, the box set's gonna be where they kind of open up a lot more and give you a lot more. There's no no specific adventure in here. Just the ideas laid out, kind of basic to get it going and. I don't know if this is the first appearance of Dark Sun, so to say, in Dragon 173 or not, if there was an issue prior to it. Um, I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this article came out in September of 91. Dark Sun, the box set came out in 91. So conceivably, you know, there might be some articles from like, you know, maybe the nine, 1990. Well, it was published. So September of 91 
is um september is when this is out and usually they came out a month or so ahead of ahead of time so a september issue would have been out in uh august august at least if not you know what i'm saying it, uh, sometimes it came out too much it depended on the publication but could be on the shelves that early now october of 91 is is i believe is that the first publication of dark sun as a box yeah that i I think it might Don't be. Know. So what I'm looking at on the Wikipedia page says October 91, second edition. So that would be the second edition one was published in October. So this is right before you're going to pick up this Dragon Mag at the end of that year, right around the time of year we're recording this right now. Uh, and you're going to see that and you're like, oh, this box set's coming out next month. And there's little order forms and you know, you, you're going to go to your B Dalton or whatever and want to probably pick it up in 1991. <laughs> So that is I, I so as far as I know, unless there's other issues of Dragon Mags that talks about it and lays it out prior to this, which there could be. I don't know of another place that would have made its appearance. I think this is kind of the the introduction and beginning of looking at and coming up coming out with Dark Sun. So the next thing to come out would be the box set in October. Uh, Dark Sun's been mentioned. The psionics stuff, like we said, is a big focus there. And there was a lot, there still are a lot of the psionics handbooks from second edition out there in circulation. It tends to be the cheapest of those players' books, then you find them used. I think I've got multiple copies of it just because I always find them in dollar bins and stuff here and there. <laughs> well, you know, they were talking about, you know, potentially some type of Dark Sun setting book for 5e in the future. So mm -hmm. we'll wait and see if that ever happens or not. Someone did an OSE conversion for it. And so floating on the internet, you know, you, you can find it on the internet or on Facebook, but you know, with them doing like a Dragonlance release here at the end of this calendar year, I'd be curious if they do do expansion into uh, other settings like this dark sun. Yeah. Now I, I think it would be interesting to look a little further into dark sun, maybe eventually go into looking at the box set, the history and the setting a little more in depth. And some of the other stuff that came out because i'd like to start getting into the the second edition realms and settings because there was a lot and i liked a lot of that stuff i was really into it there some of those specific settings like dark sun and ravenloft and spell jammers i like more than just basic D, &D type stuff and it, it was things that i gravitated more towards in the 90s <laughs> i think that's about all we have time for today if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. We're on Patreon. We can use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. Rolling lucky.